This is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast, and I'm your host, John Clark, helping you get more clients, make more money, and master private practice. And in this episode, it's another solo episode. You're stuck with me again, but I'm going to talk to you all about how to successfully, uh, well, I shouldn't say successfully, well, how to leave a group practice the right way um, and how to launch your own in the process. Um, So this is something that I've seen come up time and time and time again. I've been a group practice owner um, uh, and I have uh, worked with a lot of group practice owners who've had people come in and out. I've worked with a lot of therapists who've um, wanted my help successfully leaving a a group practice and launching their own. So um, why not talk about it? I think there's a lot to talk about. So whether you're in this situation wanting to leave your group practice and launch your own, whether you're a group practice owner or pretty much anyone in between, there's going to be really good, helpful stuff in here for you. So um, a quick note, I mentioned this before, I mentioned this in many episodes, but I need your help growing this show. I always need your help. So all you need to do is uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And then I want you to share your favorite episode with like three or four or five or six or seven friends. That's all you need to do. Um, I've, you know, I mentioned this before, but again, we work really hard to put out tons of free stuff for you guys. And um, in exchange, we just ask that you help us grow uh, the show and keep things moving along. If you're ready to get some help in your private practice, um, then all you need to do is head to privatepracticeworkshop.com. We've got a free training there for you. In fact, if you go to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash get clients. Um, that's where you can get the free training and get lots more uh, value and information there. So privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash get clients. Um, before we dive in, I want to do a quick listener shout out. I've been really having fun doing these and so I want to keep doing them and I think it's uh, it's probably fun on the other end to, uh, to get a little shout out. So um, it also just started raining incredibly hard. So if you can hear that, then it just is what it is, I guess, because I can't stop the rain and I can't stop the show. The show must go on. So we've got a rainy episode, but it's kind of nice. It's one of those things where, you know, I'm sitting here staring out the window um, at home and just like, wow, that's kind of nice sometimes. A nice summer rain um, can be uh, much needed and kind of soothing. So, all right. So listener shout out. So this is coming from, and of course, I don't know the real name, Blink. 56k on YouTube. Not sure what that means. Blink 56k, maybe 56,000. Man, why did I not mute the other tracks? That's really frustrating. The other tracks just came out of my headphones. Okay, so Blink 56k on YouTube says, as a young therapist, I think therapists can stand to learn from other fields. People in tech, digital marketing, and personal finance, for example, uh, Ramit uh, Sethis, I never know how to say his name, Ramit Sethis, and Dave Ramsey, for instance, versus thinking that we can build our practice on feelings alone or that business is like the olden days where you hang a shingle and, this is my favorite part, and have people leisurely walk in, wear, walk in wearing Victorian attire. I love that. I don't know whoever came to therapy in Victorian attire, but um, it's a hilarious image. This person says, I'm glad I bought your program, meaning uh, they joined Fully Booked. I'm glad I bought your program and am investing in the business side stuff as well as clinical side stuff. It's scary and having a high six-figure practice still feels like a faraway unicorn, faraway Victorian unicorn, I imagine, Uh, faraway Victorian uniform, uniform, unicorn in Victorian attire, maybe. 
Um, and then they say in parentheses, I have feelings too, haha. But if we don't give it everything we have, we might as well go back to agency work. There you have it. Man, I got through that somehow. Um, I agree. I think if we don't give it everything we have, if we're not crushing it, if we're not absolutely giving it our all uh, in private practice, making more money, having a better lifestyle and everything in between, then why do it? Might as well go back to your agency job or your counseling center or wherever. Nothing wrong with that. But hey, if you're not absolutely going for it, then private practice might not be for you. Harsh but true. Sometimes I just have to say it. So it's totally okay to not be a business owner. But if you are, give it everything you have. I love that. Really well said. So thanks again for the comment there on YouTube. If you're not following us on YouTube, now is your time to head over there, YouTube, and just search for Private Practice Workshop. Subscribe to that channel. That channel is growing like crazy. It's the fastest growing platform we've ever had at Private Practice Workshop. How cool is that? I'm pretty stoked. So um, without further ado, well, let's just get right into the episode. So I almost forgot to play the intro music, but hey, it's tradition. Let's play the intro music and then uh, and then we'll get started. Okay, here we go, guys. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that little tune. Um, and of course, it's raining even harder now, even since I played the intro music. And so um, uh, I've also been getting quite hot in this room, so I turned my fan on. So we're just going to have a little layer of white noise in the background. And that never hurt anyone. In fact, it might be kind of soothing. Who knows? Okay. So again, I, I came up with this idea, I, scratch that, I did not come up with this idea. My, my amazing team member, uh, Taylor, came up with this idea. Man, how funny, how, how lame is that? I thought I came up with it. <laughs> Taylor came up with this idea. Thank you, Taylor, for coming up with this content idea. Um, but, it was, but it's a great one and one that's very apropos. And uh, um, some background, you know, I... When I launched my first practice in San Francisco, 2013, um, that was a solo practice, although I did work for a supervisor, so it was kind of like, actually, I had two supervisors, so I was kind of working with them, you know, as my supervisor, um, and when I left one, uh, when I left the first one, it was definitely like leaving a group practice, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was an emotional thing, and um, it did not go very well, it was dramatic, there was issues about like money or, you know, taking clients or whatever, who the clients belong to, all that stuff. It just, it just got a little bit much. Uh, I'm going to shuffle my computer here back onto its stand. So bear with me. Um, it, it just, it just didn't go very well. It didn't go very smoothly. Um, and fast forward a number of years later, um, when I was running my group practice in, uh, in Charlotte, you know, I, um, uh, you know, I've, I've, people came and left. Naturally, you're going to have some turnover in your group practice. Um, luckily, I didn't have too much, but I did have some. And there was some drama there, too. Let's be honest. Um, some of those didn't go very well. Um, I found that, uh, in, in fact, one uh, one clinician was um, uh, kind of funneling uh, clients into a, a secret practice um, for, for a number of months. Um uh, and not being transparent about it. So, you know, there's stuff like that. I think it happens a lot, um, unfortunately. And, um, I don't think it needs to be that way. I think you can and should be honest. So anyway, I want to shed some light today on, um, if this is you, you know, and you're thinking about leaving a group practice or if you're a group practice owner and you just want to, you know, 
think through like how to support your clinicians and maybe support them through a transition to their own, then here's how you might go about doing it. So um, that's, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about, you know, how to communicate your plans, um, what steps to take, you know, while you're still kind of at the group practice and then kind of when to make the leap. Um, so again, whether you're in this situation or your group practice owner, there's definitely something for you in today's episode. So um, first thing, I think you need to think about how to communicate your plans. And the first thing I would do if I were you is to review your contract. Now, a lot of times there's a, you know, there's a contract that therapists sign, especially if you're in fact an independent contractor, and it's going to have things like, you know, how long your contract lasts for, when it's renewed, how often you're paid, how much you're paid, um, and of course, potentially a non-compete uh, agreement, meaning um, you agreed to basically either not kind of take clients from the practice while you're still working at the practice and or you agree to not set up a competing practice like right next door. Um, that being said, you know, and I've had that clause in my, uh, in my agreement, that being said, I think it's pretty hard to enforce. Um, I haven't heard of many therapists like actually enforcing it or it being worth it. Um, I think lawyers are quite expensive. Um, but again, that being said, that's just my experience. It might be that it's something that you've enforced or you've you know, heard of people enforcing. And if so, more power to you. I just think you, you have to figure out like what's worth your time and effort and all of this, especially if you are the group practice owner. So the first thing you want to do is, yeah, just review your contract or whatever agreement you have in place with your, your company or supervisor um, and then kind of go from there. I think that's the first place to start is figure out what, what agreement am I, am I currently under um, and, and kind of what are my options? What do I need to, to look out for? I think the next thing you should do is to um, is just to be honest in all of this. And I think the fear is for, for the clinician in a group practice, the fear is if I tell my supervisor I'm leaving, uh, then the well is going to dry up pretty fast. They're not going to give me any more clients because they know I'm out the door or halfway out the door, especially if I'm a contractor and I only make money when I see clients. I think that's very possible that that could happen. Um, and uh, I don't think it needs to be that way. You know, and again, I think if you get ahead of it and have an honest conversation of like, hey, I've enjoyed being here, but I really want to do this thing on my own. How can we make this work best for both of us? I think if you do that, then any reasonable group practice center is going to meet you in the middle and help put together a plan where you can both win. Um, and that way there's just no surprises and no dishonesty, you know, kind of going on behind the scenes, no secrets, no, uh, um, yeah, no kind of disloyalty, so to speak. Um, I think you can, when it comes to giving your notice, I would give between one to two months notice, but definitely not much more than this. I think if you're giving more notice than that, you are um, potentially setting yourself up for an awkward, uh, awkward situation or an awkward time for the rest of your time at the group practice. Um, potentially, again, it doesn't have to be this way. It could be a positive thing, but ultimately, <clears throat> if you have someone in your, your business of any kind and they're not happy there and you've already done your due diligence to try to keep them happy or keep them there and they still are already one foot out the door, then they're already one foot out the door. They're kind of already gone. So I think the best you can do sometimes is support them in that transition. The reality is they will be happier elsewhere and you will be happier without them because again, they've already kind of started stepping out the door, so to speak, of your business. Um, and we have to be okay with that. I've struggled to be okay with that before, but again, I think it's super, super important that we, that we learn to be okay with that. Um, so you give that notice, but not much more. And again, I think you have a conversation about how you can make this mutually 
um, uh, successful, if you can call it successful. Um, you have to understand what the group practice center wants. The group practice center has to understand what the, what the clinician wants. And, and honestly, I really believe that um, we are all inclined to look out for our best interests. I think that's just the way it is. I don't, I don't blame anyone for looking out for their best interests. I think it's evolutionary, and I think that's just kind of how we're wired. Um, so the best you can do is to try to get ahead of it. Be honest with your group practice owner uh, or supervisor or whomever and see if you can make this thing a success. Now, once you've done that, once you've communicated that, well, let me say, well, one more quick note. I, I think, again, for you group practice owners, it's really natural that there's going to be turnover in your practice. It's, it's tricky to really keep clinicians for a long time if they have that kind of entrepreneurial itch in them whatsoever. They're going to be thinking, hmm, I wonder if I could do this on my own and set all this up and do the website stuff and get clients and make all a bunch more money. Maybe. Maybe they're thinking that, right? You can't prevent them from having those thoughts. All you can do is create really great working conditions and a great culture for them to thrive in. And if they leave, they leave. Um, you have to kind of get that through your mind um, and not get too, too, too attached to um, wanting people to kind of stay forever because I just don't think it's realistic. So um, I hope that's helpful. Um, okay, so let's say this is you and you are thinking, uh, you know, you're going to transition out to your own. Well, how would you start doing that um, if you are in the situation of leaving a group practice and starting your own? The first thing that I would do, honestly, is I would find an office to sublease, um, maybe part-time. And again, you have to figure out what's in your contract or what you're kind of able to do in terms of setting up a new practice or um starting to market a new practice if it's on the other side of town or whatever. But I think finding an office to sublease is the right way to do it and the right way to kind of grow or grow slowly um, and to not have too much overhead too soon. So it's really, um, in that regard, that tip is just like, you know, the tips I give to starting a new practice overall. find an office to sublease because the thing you don't want to do is grow faster than your uh, your revenue. Um, don't grow faster than your business. I've said this a lot before, but I'll say it again. Um, don't grow faster than your business, meaning don't take on more expenses than you can afford. I see a lot, lot, lot of people doing this. It's a really bad place to put yourself in right off the bat. Um, next thing I would do is once you are kind of finding an office to sublease, and, and you might do some of this stuff in conjunction with one another, you want to go ahead and set up your LLC or your legal business entity. You want to set up your business checking account and business savings account to save for taxes. You want to figure out issues or, or if you need an NPI number or if you have an NPI number. You want to poo what? You want to pick? You want to pick or choose an EHR. Um, and you want to figure out insurance and fees stuff. So it's actually, man, now that I say it, that's a lot of stuff to do on top of seeing your, your current clients and everything, right? So again, you really need to set up all of the back end to your practice, and that can take a number of weeks or even a month or more. So, you know, naming the business, setting up an LLC so that your assets, your personal assets are protected. Um, once you have that, then you can set up a business checking account and savings account for saving for taxes, figure out what you need to do with your NPI number, any insurance stuff, um, and choose and set up an EHR. So that's a lot of stuff to do, a lot of decisions to make in there. That could take you quite a bit of time. And you want to take your time with it. You don't want to rush it. From there, 
Um, one of the biggest mistakes I see with people in this situation is that they have a full caseload at the group practice and they leave thinking, wow, this, I already, I'm already full, so I should be good to go. Uh, not so fast. They leave and then there's some natural client attrition. And so what happens is, you know, people, uh, clients naturally leave and then people struggle to stay full because guess what? They didn't have any marketing plan in place. And then all of a sudden they're absolutely scrambling to get clients and I don't want this to be you. So you need to build a website and start getting it ranking um, and or get your Google ads ready like yesterday. Okay, the fastest way to get new clients like right away is to have some really killer landing pages um, and get those in front of some really well-run Google ads. Um, this, this, these steps are absolutely crucial. If you don't have a way to get new clients consistently, um, you need one. If you don't already have one, um, that's something that I'd love to help you with. Um, so I, I think I mentioned at the top of this show, um, we've got a free training that's, uh, that's about how we help therapists do this when you go to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash get clients. That's privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash get clients. So make sure you head there now, even if you're just curious um, or want to make sure that your marketing is totally on point and that you're able to get clients consistently, no matter what kind of practice you're in or how big you are. Um, so make sure to head to that link um, uh, either right now or after the show. So build a website, get it ranking and or get your ads ready and start getting them off the ground. You're going to need a plan to get clients. This is, I have three asterisks beside this one because this is absolutely the most important um, part of this whole process. In my opinion, you have to um, get out ahead of this one. Okay, you have to figure out how you're going to get clients. If you don't have clients, you don't have revenue. If you don't have revenue, guess what? Whoops, you don't have a business. You have a nonprofit. <laughs> um, okay, next, you know, you need to figure out how to clearly communicate your plans to your clients and give them like the right dates and timelines and options. And again, I, I suggest doing this somewhere around like four weeks out, something like that. Maybe, uh, probably not much more than that. And, you know, the reason is, well, the, you know, you don't want to cause clients too much anxiety and you also don't want to say, Hey, I'm setting up my own practice, but it'll be a while and I'll let you know when I'm setting it up. That's going to cause anxiety in people That's not a good way to do it. So you need to have an office, have things set up, have an EHR, all that stuff. You want to be able to welcome them into a practice that's fully set up before you just like start winging it and putting it together and um, create unnecessary anxiety in clients. So need to make that plan. And again, you need to go back to your supervisor, your group practice owner to figure out a plan for your clients. This is super, super important. Um, and this is something that really needs to be cared for um, carefully. You need to have a really delicate hand with this part. Um, you need to make the transition then over the course of, I would say like one to two weeks, maybe even just one week, you might just say, Hey, I'm transitioning during this week. So at the last week of the month, you know, you'll meet me in my new office blah, blah, blah. Um, and you also, that's going to hopefully give this group practice owner time to, uh, you know, hopefully more than enough time to, to recruit, hire and onboard and start filling up a new clinician. So that's the thing that's hard to understand if you're working in a group practice, but not the group practice owner is that you don't really, you don't really fully understand, you know, the bind that you might put your group practice owner in because they're, um, they're basing numbers and projections and, uh, um, expenses based on the actual earnings and, and revenue 
of that clients generate in the business. So a lot of times expenses are pretty tight, you know, uh, money's pretty tight around a group practice um, in a lot of situations. So if you just up and leave like all of a sudden and take your 20 clients with you, yeah, that can put the group practice owner in a bind um, for them to go and uh, find, you know, a new clinician and get them all set and everything. It's a, there's a lot that goes on to that process. And sometimes, oh man, sometimes you just don't do it at the right times. Um, you know, this, this is, uh, again, and this is ha- this has happened to me. I had a clinician leave the day that I went out of town for like three weeks or went on a international vacation, like, uh, had planned, he uh, had planned to leave like right at that time. Um, so I think that's the thing too, is you need to, uh, you, ha- you need to have enough respect for, you know, the group practice owner to, um, to be timely about it and not do it, you know, the day that, that the owner is going on vacation or, or the day before Christmas. Oh, this was also right before Christmas. That's what it was too. Um, so you need to think about that as well. Um, and, and again, just, uh, be, be considerate both ways. Cause I think when you are, or as a clinician, if you're, yeah, respectful and, and like honest and upfront with your group practice owner, then they will be too respect begets respect. Um, lastly, you know, again, just do the right thing. Again, I think a lot of times bridges can be burned when there's transitions within a group practice. I understand that. I've seen it happen a ton. Um, I think it can be mitigated. Um, so ultimately both parties have to try to do the right thing. And, you know, there's, there's anxiety on both, uh, both ends. So I think it's understandable that it doesn't always go super smoothly, but again, in my opinion, relationships are most important to me. So I try to convey that to my clinicians when I had a group practice, Hey, relationships are most important to me. And, um, um, you know, it's really important that, uh, um, that this is prioritized above, above all else. So, um, so yeah, so there you have it. And again, do your best with this stuff. Um, but I hope this was helpful. Again, if this is you um, getting ready to leave a group practice or if you're the group practice owner wanting to kind of um, just kind of get ahead of this stuff, then I think these are some things that you can and should think about. So um, again, I, I hope this I hope this was really helpful. Again, just to review really quick, the main points were kind of how to communicate your plans, you know, review your contract and non-compete clause, et cetera. Be as upfront as you can while also maintaining your own interests. Um, give one to two months notice, but not much more. Ask how you can make this mutually successful. And then you start kind of putting together the pieces to launch your own practice. So I'd find an office to sublease first, grow slow with your with your business, not ahead of it. Set up your LLC, business checking account and savings account, NPI number, insurance, EHR, all the back end. And then I would really, really, really aggressively have a plan to get new clients. Um, and start implementing and troubleshooting that and then communicate your plans clearly to clients and give them the exact dates and give them their options and then make the full transition over the course of like maybe one to two weeks. Um, so that's really it. That's what I would suggest doing. Um, so again, if this is you, I hope this was helpful. If you're a group practice owner or even a aspiring group practice owner, uh, I hope this was helpful. So um, that's it for this episode, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. As I said before, your job is to, as a listener of the show, is to help me grow the show. So all you need to do is rate, review, and subscribe. Share this, uh, share your favorite episode, whether it's this one (laughs) or another one. Share your favorite episode with a handful of therapist friends and tell tell them how much you love the show. Um, Otherwise, if you're ready to get some help in your private practice, just go to Private Practice Workshop 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com and uh, check out the ways we help there. So again, hope you enjoyed the episode, you guys. I appreciate you being here and I look forward to seeing you again next Wednesday. See you very soon. Cheers. Cheers.